This episode is brought to you by WeTheCreated.com. WeTheCreated is a full-service design house ready to work to make your web design, graphic work, audio, or video production come to life. For a free price quote, visit www.wethecreated.com or call them at 512-777-1463. Again, that's 512-777-1463. Entertaining shows with content that spreads information and sparks discourse throughout the community. This is the Pearl Media Network. Welcome to the Kyle Life Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to showcasing what makes Kyle, Texas unique. We interview local business owners, politicians, and talk with everyday residents to further promote our beautiful city. This podcast is brought to you by KyleLife.com and is proudly part of the Pearl Media Network. We thank you for tuning in today. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Hey guys, Joshua here with Kyle Life. In today's show, it's part two of a three-part series where we'll be talking with the candidates running for the at-large District 3 City Council seat for the upcoming May 11th general election. We're extremely proud to be hosting the candidates, and joining me today for this episode is Joe Bacon. Joe, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely, man. And Joe, first off, could you please tell the listeners uh, about your background and how long you've been in the Kyle area? Uh, actually I've lived in Kyle for about five years. Uh, my wife and I are both in our second marriage. She bought a home here 12 years ago. And when we married, I had a home in central Austin and we sold that and I moved to Kyle. So altogether I've been here five. She's been here 12. Nice. And do you actually, you work here in Kyle? No, I work in Austin. Uh, like so many people in Hayes County, I've, I found out here lately, you know, they, they work in Austin. And what, what is your background? What, what do you do for a living? What's your career? I'm 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 involved with a in, as a subcontractor the company that I work for to the highway construction business. Principally, we work on larger interstate highways, toll road projects, um, performance-based management companies, providing them barricade traffic control, the orange and white stuff that keeps people safe when you're driving down the road. <laughs> oh, nice! And I bet business is booming in Central Texas. <laughs> business is great. Uh, it really is. We have offices in Waco. <laughs> this is a commercial almost, right? We have offices yeah. <laughs> in uh, Waco, at Bryan College Station, in Austin. So. Yeah, we're right smack dab in the middle of Texas. That's exciting. What um, what was it that led you to decide that city council was something you'd like to run for? Have you done this before, or is this your first time running? It's the first time I've ever run for public office. I, I've I've been involved in campaigns and other other political things in my lifetime, but you know, I I think what what really happened um, is uh, several years ago. You know, there was a lot of. Uh, uh, well, I pick up a newspaper one day and it says Kyle has record sales tax revenue. And I pick up a newspaper three weeks later, it says Kyle's in financial trouble. <laughs> and so and so at that point in time, I thought, you know, I I need to pay more attention to what's going on. And so yeah. I started uh, kind of uh, attending budget workshops and attending city council meetings. And and I felt like that I needed to participate. And, and I looked for something that I could be a part of. And so for the last two years, I've served on the mobility committee. What does the mobility committee entail, if you don't mind elaborating? Well, it's 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 supposed to be more of a comprehensive look at our transportation needs for the entire city, which is uh, not uh, roads, sidewalks, um, potentials for other transportation. Um, we, we there was a 2005 transportation plan, and there's a 2010 transportation plan, and we've been working to see to it that those two uh, documents uh, had some continuity to them. Uh, but principally, it's 
trying to make sure that the, the, the road system and transportation system um, by foot, by bike, by car, by truck, whatever, you know, is, uh, has, has some fluidity to it. Is that committee voluntary or reelected to it or no, appointed? It, it is voluntary. And, and we, you, the, the city of Kyle, as an example, has a, a, a link where you can go on and, and, and fill out that you'd like to uh, be on a citizens committee and you can submit those. And there's several committees and that are part of the city of Kyle. And I just, I picked a, a couple and submitted it. And since I had a background in transportation, I guess they decided that's where I should go. Uh, so that's, that's where I am. And it's been, it's been a challenge and it's been very exciting. And obviously it's, it's, it's culminated here in, in the recent, uh, recent weeks with the road bond package. Yeah, that's great. I like how you had said that you, uh, you know, you just felt like you wanted to get involved because I feel like, um, I think observationally we can agree the city of Kyle doesn't have a very high turnout for voting. Well, it's the participation in city of Kyle. It does have, does, does, uh, seem to be, uh, um, improving. I'm going to say that it's improving. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, when the bar was so low, you know, <laughs> no, but, well, but being serious, that's why we, uh, you know, bringing y'all in what is a, is a step of, of us trying to achieve people, uh, maybe ending apathy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think that, uh, uh, when you look back over the last few years, we've had some races that have been uh, highly contested, mm-hmm. um, and then we've had some races where there's been totally, you know, no challenge whatsoever. And I and I'm and I'm certainly don't think that the people that have run, uh, uh, you know, uncontested races aren't quality people. Right. I, I they're they're they've really been performing and doing and showing up and participating in the process and being responsible council people and being on time and not missing meetings, you know, all those sorts of things. But the reality is when there's more than one person, there's open for dialogue. And when there's open for dialogue, there's an exchange of ideas. And as long as we're you know, if you asked every one of us, I'm I'm pretty sure we're all gonna say pretty much the same thing. We, we, we see an we see a need we want to serve we think we can make a difference yep and that's that's encouraging that there's three people uh, that wanna that want to be uh, fill this council seat which basically is is the, it's at large it's the whole city of Kyle right I mean it's, yeah and I didn't clarify that before yeah this seat is not uh, limited to just a representative of one district correct yes correct it's not a single member district it's at large so it's the same constituency that uh, uh, the mayor has right and and so that means everyone is eligible to cast a absolutely. vote absolutely. Absolutely. So, so the so the vision here is really has to be uh, not that a single member district person would just be thinking about their area, but everything that we do and everything that we plan and every decision we make has to be balanced against the entire community. Whether it's Old Town Kyle, whether it's whether it's the Plum Creek, whether it's uh, Prairie on the Creek, it doesn't right. make any difference where where the people live, where they go to school where they work, it, it, it's the entire community. So it's it's really, uh, I, I was sitting at dinner the other night with my wife and I was looking around and saying, <clears throat> do you realize that uh, uh, the responsibility that every one of these people in this room could, you know, I, if I'm fortunate enough to get picked or elected or chosen or whatever, yeah. uh, the, the, these, the, I answer to all these people. It's a, it's a responsibility. It's a, yeah. it's, it, there's, there's a sense of duty and a sense of responsibility, and it's not a. It's to me, it's not. Um, it's not a social club. You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to be a member of a club. Right. I'm going to be somebody that needs to show up and work and try to try to contribute 
from the experiences that I've had in my life. No, absolutely. And, and like you're, you're talking about when you uh, said, mentioning deciding to run, what are some issues, if any, that you see that you would plan on addressing if you were uh, voted into the council? Well, <clears throat> I'd like to first discuss this decision to run because I am married and I have a job and um, I certainly felt like this is a, a great responsibility and is a duty. And so I wanted to visit with my wife and she's seen me be on the mobility committee for the last couple of years and discuss with her, you know, what my thoughts were and, and make sure that uh, this, there was some continuity in our family in this decision. I wanted to talk to my employer who was very supportive because the get you know, your schedule can sometimes be disrupted. You, right. There's, there's night meetings, there's, there's, there's public events that, that sometimes you have to attend. So I wanted to take a look and, and not just make the decision first on what I thought was important, but kind of get a feel for my, 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 my community, my inner community, so to speak, before I made that decision. And so while all those things green, <clears throat> I said, yes, this is what I want to do. So I, I think, I think in basic terms, we have two areas and each area is kind of complex. Uh, first, um, in infrastructure, which is a, a kind of an all-encompassing word. But as I've seen the city grow, and you've seen the city grow, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> you know, my wife bought that house 12 years ago. There was 8,400 people here. I was talking to the former mayor from some time back when he was mayor. There's 1,800 people here. Uh, <clears throat> when I first started driving to Kyle to court Michelle... <laughs> There were uh, maybe 10,000 or 11,000 people, and now what is it? It's like 12 years later, it's 30,000. Yeah, yep. yeah. And so that, that, that expanse in and of itself requires certain things. To support a society, you have to have safe roads. You have to have clean water. You have to be able to have the system to take care of the water and wastewater. And then, you know, our police department... These are the kinds of services inside of our our, our city government that that um, well the citizens really rely on us to provide, and so um, on the mobility committee it was it was plain to me that the roads that we focused on were roads that had been in conversations both by council and other citizens and needs since two thousand three or two thousand four and two thousand five. I can go back to article and article and article, and and nothing was being done about it. Um, there is uh, an effort being made now to secure more surface water uh, with some other uh, communities in the area. Um, we have well water and we have uh, access to surface water, but you know there's some bigger, <coughs> bigger uh, uh, dogs in the neighborhood that would like to capture as much of that surface water as they can. And San Antonio keeps reaching out and taking more and more. And so if we don't have a long-term plan to secure water, a water source and see to it that our current water, well water systems are all being maintained properly and all those kinds of things. If we don't give those people the tools to take care of those things, and if we don't have the capacity to handle the waste that we create, we're, we're suddenly going to be at the, at the point where the weak link is going to keep us from growing or doing more. Right. And uh, there's a lot of discussion about our police department. We've done a, you know, we, our, our crime rate is, is fairly low, but we, you know, I hate to keep going back to roads and water, <laughs> but uh, but traffic and water and crime has a tendency to seek the path of least resistance. Um, you you put a you create a bottleneck in a road, people will start cutting through neighborhoods to get where they want to go. You 
let water pool up, it'll find some place to leak off and run. And when, when crime sees uh, a path of least resistance, they slip off the interstate highway, they do their business, and they're back out again. And I think we've done an excellent job with the police force that we have keeping up with what, our growth and whatever. And I know that in the 2013 budget, as an example, they've added more police officers. So there's a number out there that in this perfect world of data that says for this many per thousand, we should have this many officers. And then there's the reality where we are now. That's a fairly substantial number in between. Depending on who you talk to, it's 18 to 22 officers that we may be short. We can't just snap our fingers and put 20 guys more out, or women out on the street protecting us. Right. But we need to incrementally start to make that happen. I think in the 2013 budget, I applaud the council for adding some more police officers. So infrastructure, one word, a lot of stuff. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then the next thing is we've seen a lot of things, positive things come to town. I know the mayor just, just spoke the other day to the Chamber of Commerce and and she really did um, outline a great number of changes as far as retail and medical and, and, and housing. And, and you see apartments going up and you see a senior assisted living center. You see more banks coming into town. I mean, uh, Ross, less, Ross Dress for Less is coming. We've got, uh, we have all kinds of businesses, including Walmart that's, that looks like it's, it's coming here. That's from what I know, that's going to happen just a matter of when. And suddenly you look around and you see, we've got, we're, we're kind of becoming a shopping center unto ourselves. You know, we're, we're a destination for a retail center. We keep adding this type of, of, uh, uh, businesses and we no longer have to drive to Buda to go to the Walmart. We don't have to drive to San Marcos to, to go to the Lowe's. Uh, we've got everything. We're going to start to have everything we need here. And everybody, and everybody said, and there's a tendency, I think, to think, well, that's all big business. Yes. And in big business is, you know, everybody doesn't, nobody, nobody loves the big box concept. You know, it seems kind of, it's like it's against the mom and pop kind of tradition, but big, bigger businesses, medical development, office space, more housing creates more movement, creates more demand for other services. And so those other services in the free market system, people will respond to that. People will say, you know what? I'm going to open up another pizza place. I'm going to open up another restaurant. I'm going to open up uh, another auto repair shop. I'm going to put in a new tire shop. I mean, you look around, you'll see other things happening that aren't the big box event. And those don't happen just by accident. They happen because you create a center, an economic center, and people begin to gravitate towards it, that creates movement, it creates demand, it creates an opportunity for people who want to start a business to fill a gap. Find, the, find, the, find what's missing in the marketplace and fill it. So when you get down to economic development, <clears throat> I think it's important for us to start to think in terms of not, not only those kinds of businesses, but how we can kind of grow that part of the town that's kind of got that charm you know, we have, we have to, not to get too far off base here, but we do have some really interesting, I mean, when you look at Plum Creek, you have this new urbanism, you have this planned yeah. community that has a design to have uh, kind of be self-containing eventually and have all the things you need, the streets, the walks, the, the sidewalks, the parks, the places, the golf course, and, and a certain amount of uh, retail around it so that you, it's, you're, you're, you have this sense of, it's, it's, a, it's a neighborhood on itself. It has its own character, its own design, its own definition. And then you've got Old Town Kyle. 
I'm so I don't want to upset any of your listeners, but <laughs> but I know people from time to time compare us to Buda, but really I'm I think Buda has a lot of charm, and I don't want to you know offend anybody from Buda, but really our our central core of our town area downtown area has some great great unique qualities, and there's been a lot of there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of right. There's there a lot is. of character there, and there and so. Um, there's been a revitalization down there too, in terms of business. Um, you know, Dojo Kyle, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu moved there. Centerfield just opened. I mean, just in the last what five months, we've seen uh, three new businesses open downtown. Or yeah, the old old town uh, Kyle. I think that's great. Oh, it is. It is, and and it's you know it, we we have this community that has a group of people who who understand the history and the character of the community. They've lived here for a long time, generations. Some families have been here. I guess they could trace the roots back to that marvelous uh, big oak tree that the Historical Commission takes care of. Um, and yet, and, and they're very, they're very proud of their, their, their community. But it's that warmth and that charm along with af- affordable living and some creative communities and neighborhoods that are drawing other people in here. Yep. And so, and so when you start to think about economic development, we, we really need to focus not just on the retail and the medical. I, I, I'm going to do the best I can to recall all these numbers since I didn't bring any notes with me. But I, th- I believe if you, ch- if you check, uh, there was probably an article that came out today and I really got to looking at it that like, um, Something like ninety thousand people commute into Travis County to work every day. Uh, the, uh, a bunch of those come from Williamson County, and, and there's a reason for that because Cedar Park, Leander, Round Rock, Pflugerville, Georgetown, everything's kind of gravitated that that way. It's there's the density is beginning to fill in there. But twenty eight uh, out of the ninety thousand, twenty eight thousand eight hundred people commute out of Hayes County into into Travis. Now that's not just Kyle. I understand that, but that number is greater than Bastrop County and Caldwell combined. As a matter of fact, if you take all the other counties listed in this report, Hayes County's commuters into Austin to work is equal to all the other counties, excluding Williamson, combined. You know, I think to myself, well, that's, that's, that's great. Let's see what we have here. What is the deal? Okay, why do people pick Kyle? Why do they pick this area? Well, I sold a house in central Austin five years ago that was less than 1,100 square feet for a number twice what the value is of the house and that we own in Prairie on the Creek. But you know what? My utilities were twice as much. My taxes were twice as much. Uh, The congestion of the city, the services weren't as, you know, in some ways weren't uh, as compatible as they should have been. There's, there's a, we have, we have reasonable place to live. We have a reasonable land value. We have a workforce. I'll make some assumptions here. They must have a car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they must have a car. And if you break that down and by population in this county, we have um, somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 or 40% of the people of the households are represented by people traveling to Travis. Now, you know what? We talk about free market, talk about people wanting to invest. If you were a light industry and you wanted land, an educated workforce, Who's, a, who's willing to work and a, and a reasonable place to do business, why not Kyle? Why not Kyle instead of going back to Cedar Park? We're closer to the airport now. We have the 
you know, we have access by the toll road. We have uh, we smack dab in the middle of an education system. Uh, there's that university in Austin that everybody seems to know about. There, we have a wonderful school in San Marcos, and now we have ACC building a campus right here. And ACC's mission that I've been as I've begun to see is that I think they're ready to, uh, in effect, shape their education and training to meet the workforce needs. So if you've got available workers, education system, and a reasonable price price for people to work and live, that's a combination that's sellable. And so I believe I've got the capacity to go out and sell that message. I believe I've got the capacity to push and help. Uh, we have limited resources all over the all over the community where everybody's doing everything they can to operate our, our city as efficiently as they can. Everybody has criticizes something. Somebody doesn't like this. I like, I understand that. But overall, since some changes have been made in the last few years, we've got some really good people in our in running our, our town, the professional staff. They're dedicated. They show up and they do things. So I, they need help. And I'm ready to step in and have got the ability and the presence. And the, there's no reason why we can't. I, I don't want to sit here and say, you know, that we're going to run down and, and become the next Dell. But you know, when Dell Computer started, in Round Rock, it wasn't 10,000 employees. It wasn't. And and then maybe there's not another Dell. Maybe there is another Dell. But there is the ability for a light industry to be brought in here because it's economically feasible. There's a ready workforce. And we can, with the target here, bringing in quality jobs so those people aren't leaving here to drive into Austin. But what's what's might stand in the way of that? And that would be if they weren't able to get water and they weren't able to be able to tie into a functioning sewer system, if the roads were congested or failing and they couldn't bring trucks in and out to do things they need to do. So I, it, I'm still hung up on infrastructure as being a major uh, 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 factor that we need to focus on. And, and the opportunities that come from that with what we already have will help us grow and bring in more jobs to this area. And I'm, pre- I'm prepared to, to jump in and do whatever that do is. Do your part. Do my part, yeah. <laughs> in, and speaking of infrastructure, uh, a, a question I got a lot by a message on our Facebook page and, and by email was talking about uh, the increase of, of taxes. What do, you, what do you tell that potential voter that sees this road bond package that looks to take monthly um, dues, <laughs> probably the wrong word to use, but you know, increase what they're paying out monthly. What do you what do you tell that potential voter? Is is that just part of growing pains of of a, a, a booming town? You know, I mean, people wonder: is there a saturation point? Because some people live on a very strict budget. Sure. Well, let's 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 back up some. Yeah, okay. for sure. Okay, so so uh, how did we get here? Okay. Um, that's, 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 that's kind of difficult to, uh, to describe. Uh, um, um, my sense is that we had, uh, we had some opportunities and then we let them slip away from us. We, we, we were probably doing pretty well with our tax rate as it was say five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. People I think would have to go back and I can't recall all those exact numbers mm-hmm. where the council voted to reduce taxes and reduce taxes and reduce taxes and who doesn't love that yeah <laughs> i mean who doesn't love that who doesn't love who, who doesn't love uh, a politician who says oh I, I need less of your money but we're at a point now where in this 
deadlock government we have where we have people talking about spending and taxes, spending and taxes, spending and taxes. Nobody's talking about working to fix the problem and make the choices that are needed to get things done. People are, are going to stop complaining or judging their city leaders or state or national leaders by the taxes or the spending cuts. They're going to start to judge them on what they didn't get done, what work they didn't accomplish, what efforts they didn't make to move the ball forward. So part of this has to do with uh, a mindset from years ago. Part of it has to do with growing pains. There's no doubt about that. We just have gone off the charts. I mean, you can go back and look at everybody's uh, 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 pro projections on population, and we've exceeded all those. And we're, I don't even want to think in terms of what the number is. It's like, it's like a little clicker that keeps going up. Somebody says, well, we're, we're going to be 30,000. Well, no, we're already 30,000. Well, no, we're going to be 40,000 by, well, 2020. I, 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 I think we're going to get to 40 before 2020. Uh, however, uh, your, answer, your question is, what about the taxes? How, how, what, what are we going to do with this? And I'm going to tell you right now, we're in a tough spot. We, we, we are really in a difficult position. Because people are telling people who've shown up to voice their opinion about roads, which seems to be the the the, the big focus, weren't this, I heard very few people. When I say very few, I'm going to say 10% of the people said, uh, "I'm upset about the tax possibility." Half the people said, "Why didn't y'all start taking care of this four or five years ago? <laughs> you know, why haven't you done something before now?" And I say, I say, I, I can't answer to what happened then. I can just tell you, here's the plan for now. But there's one significant difference about this road bond package. And that is that the citizens of Kyle are going to get to vote on this debt. Now, there's been a lot of debt incurred by the city councils over the years and years and years. I'm not telling you that that's, the debt was wrong. I'm not telling you that it went to the wrong places. I'm just telling you that there are citizens working together to represent other citizens and they're, they're in their heart of hearts, I think they're trying to make the best decisions they can. That's all they're doing. You know, the, the, the pay's not good. <laughs> no, you, that's not why you're in it? I know. No, the pay's not good. Uh, what is it for council, actually? Is it, I, don't, I don't think it's anything. I'm I, was, not, I thought I'm, it was $5 on paper. I'm not, I'm not sure what it yeah. is, but I, it's not, that's, that's not the issue. The that was my is, next question. That wasn't the, fact, the driving factor for you, No, Joe. no, it wasn't the driving factor. It wasn't the driving factor. So... So when I look at this in the, in, in the tax situation where we are, we, we have to get to the point where we have enough stability in our, in our, in our city's structure to provide those very same things again. It gets down to water, wastewater, and roads. It, it, we have, if we have those things in place, and it's going to take us six years, seven years, to get all these five roads done. And you know there's more roads. So the next part is we need to build, we're going to build in a component to start doing a better job of maintaining the roads because we haven't had a, a good process there. But I think one of the things that concerns me about the road bond package is that your comment was it's $20, $25 a month. Yes. Eventually. It could be. So here's an important fact. Our city finance director, when we just took on this task to really put this thing into shape, we went to him and, and we said, we want numbers. 
<laughs> Has anybody ever asked you what a road bond package is actually going to cost us? No, we, we really haven't. We haven't really gone into it. And they said, okay, well, we want numbers. We want to know how this debt would be layered. We want to know what it's going to cost uh, in, in, uh, in interest. We want to know uh, how it will affect the overall package. He said, all right. And let me tell you something. Pervez is he's we are really blessed to have that guy in our in our uh, in our in our city. Uh, he came back with um, more documents and more explosions of numbers um, than any, anybody who wanted to look at them can look at them. I, I didn't have any trouble with it, but some people some people just went to the two page summary on the front. <laughs> but he he did an excellent job and he showed it what it was going to be like. And we also told him, don't blue sky this. Don't. Don't figure any growth in the city. Just, just what is our current right now, That's what correct. we're working with. What we're working with right now. What's our current value per home? Homes never go up in value. The, the tax base never increases. This is what we're going to do. And that's what he did. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a worst case scenario. And I, I got to tell you something. I'd rather sit here today and say, you know what? If nothing else changes, this is what it's going to cost you. And then we get down the road. If it's less, then you're going to say, well, you know, that guy might have known what he was talking about. But I'll give you, let me, let me just digress for a second. Let me give you a little example. Uh, 15, 16 of us decide we want to go to the Cowboys game. All right. Why would we decide that? I don't know. In the recent years. I'm not I know. Okay. Well, because there's, <laughs> I'm plenty, there's plenty of tickets available, yeah. and we haven't seen the stadium. Yeah, it's a nice stadium. It's a nice stadium. We want to go to Jerry World. We want to see the Cowboys. So there's 16 of us. Well, you know what? Ah, man, that's two or three cars. I don't want to drive. You want to drive? No. Yeah. Oh, let's get a bus. All right. So we go to the bus company, and we decide we're going to get a bus. We talk to them and say, oh, we need a deal now because we're... Okay. Well, I can charge you this much for the bus up and back. Uh, flat, flat fee, but you're going to have to pay for the gas. All right. So we all rush back into our little man caves or whatever, uh, Tupper, you know, or whatever, whatever, whatever we're doing. We all figure yeah. it out. We divide it all up. 16 of us. That's what the bus is going to cost. We know what our tickets are going to cost. That's a given, right? Yes. We know what the bus is going to cost because the guy told us. We divide it by 16. We know how much that is. The variables here are fuel. Well, we're going to have to pay for the fuel, but... We estimate it'd be this much money. Right. And we divide it all up. We come up with a number. It's 21.2 cents per hundred. <laughs> you know, it's that number. And we decide that's what we want to do. We're, all, we're, we're in. Let's go see Jerry World. But there's 42 seats on this bus. And there's only 16 of us. Hmm. <laughs> if we can attract six more riders, the cost of the bus per person will go down. The cost of the fuel per person will go down. Our ticket price isn't going to change. Okay, so we're, we're, we're sitting here saying to you, Pervez, give us some numbers. If we don't get anybody else on the bus. Okay. And then there's, and then there's you're, you're not supposed to talk about the fail-safe thing or what if something went wrong. But people seem to focus on that because they've seen so many other things go wrong. We're, we, Texas is experiencing economic growth. We're, we're recovering faster than the rest of the nation. There's things going on around the world. There's still a sense of un, un, instability. I just, uh, I just got through attending the uh, three-day Texas uh, Transportation Forum in Austin uh, where I heard uh, congressmen and senators and, and county officials and all kinds of people talk about technology and roads, transportation. I listened to the guy from the Federal Reserve talk about blah, 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 all this numbers, data, more stuff. 
And the reality is we're, we're a strong economy. People are moving into Texas at a greater rate. We've seen this area grow. So, but what if, what if it all goes bad again? What if we have the downturn of the, of the thing? Well, all right, here's the situation. If we pass this bond package, it comes out incrementally. The first thing that's going to happen is we're going to design all the roads. We're going to get professional packages together. We're going to issue those bonds to design all those roads. Well, now we got all the plans. Now there might be some other agencies that might want to, I mean, we could submit these to and say, hey, does this qualify for your contribution? That would be, that would be one way of doing this. But once we've got them all designed, then we can go to date year two. And we do a road. Year three, we start another road. We sell those bonds incrementally. We don't just pass the bond issue and then go out tomorrow and sell $36 million worth of bond and sit around with a bunch of money in our hands incurring interest. We sell them as we need them. Pretty sure that this is accurate. I think once the bond package is passed, we have a 10-year window to exercise and issue those bonds. At the end of that 10th year, anything we haven't issued, I think kind of, like Mission Impossible, it just fizzles. It just goes away. The tape, the tape goes away. <laughs> but but we're not, also, we're not locked into having to issue all those bonds. So year three, there's a sudden problem. The bus breaks down on its way to Jerry World. We just don't issue those bonds for that next road. Now, that's disappointing. It's not what the plan was, but it's there is some safety in that. And knowing that you don't have to go out and spend it all. Yeah. So the, the taxes won't become $22.50 for the average home. And it's a more expensive home, yeah, the taxes will be a little higher. I understand that part, but it doesn't happen all at once. It's going to slowly ramp up and it's not going to be a, a sudden blow. And if we can get more people in the bus, the price per, the, the, the price per seat goes down. Right. Yeah, great explanation. So with, with all that being said, what do you think um, separates yourself from the other, two, the other two candidates that are running for the same spot? Well, I really, I really, I really have to tell you that, first off, I just, uh, I'm excited when anybody decides they want to, you know, they want to participate in, this, in the process. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm glad they're there, and, and uh, I'm glad that there's an opportunity to have some dialogue and some discussion. Um, I, I, the only thing I can draw, go back on, quite frankly, is my business experience. I've, I've been involved, uh, heavily involved in, um, large income producing properties, refurbishing properties, having to make decisions about prioritizing. Do we spend this on that? Where, where, you know, how, how do we accomplish this? How do we keep the income stream going while we make these changes and improvements? A lot of, a lot of heavy budget related analysis being and having to make priority decisions about dollars and cents. And that's, that's, that's number one. Number two, I, I'm pretty active in this state. I, I get around. I, I, I have a lot of people that are within my network of people that, that I, I can have access to information and people to gather more support and understand how other communities do things and, and to ask you know, to learn and to grow and help the city grow. And I am, I have to tell you, the third thing is if I'm passionate about something, uh, I, I participate. And so uh, if we have an economic development opportunity, uh, 
I, I'm going to be that person that's there to help our staff go out and find those people and make those pitches and do what needs to be done to, to bring them in. We're uh, there's no there's no slight on the people we have working down there. They're just they're just doing all they can do with what they have, and that's why uh, participation in these committees and, and participation as a council member is there. But this is going to be some hard work. This is not this is this is not uh, show up at the at the at the clubhouse, you know, once a week or once a month and visit with your cronies. I mean, this is this is big stuff. And and uh, someone explained to me the other day. It's probably being a city council member is probably uh, the, the impact of your decisions are felt immediately. I mean, we can go up here to the state capitol and, and whatever number that oh well it's a hundred and something something to hundred something and something passes and it goes and then it's a bill and then it goes to the governor's desk and if he decides to sign it great if he vetoes it great and maybe a decision they make today on a vote okay may go into effect in September. It may go into effect in October. But if you sit there last night and you're voting on a planning or zoning code change or you're voting on the possibility of annexing something or if you're voting on paying a bill, <laughs> tomorrow it happens. Right, yeah, instantaneous. And you know what? There's only seven of us. <laughs> There's only seven. A lot on your shoulder. You know, and the, and the big, and the big difference is that quite frankly, there's, there's seven seats up there on a May the 12th, one of them's going to be different. Yeah. Early voting, by the way, is uh, April the 29th. I think that's a Monday. Yes. So get out and vote early. Absolutely. Or in Chicago, you know, vote early and vote often, but that's another story altogether. So you're asking me what makes it, what, what separates I, I, I'm going to go with a base assumption that we're all we all really feel like we want to make a difference. The question the question might just come down to what are my life experiences and how my management skills and my ability to prioritize things and my passion and my connections and my dogged attitude about getting things done is that different? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm just a 66 year old guy that's. You know, that's built businesses, started from scratch, sold them, remodeled things, turned things around. Not a very good tour bus operator. I can't get, <laughs> can't come up with a proper story that uh, relates uh, tour buses to taxes. But all in all, I'm, I think I've got, uh, I think I've got the difference maker. Joe, man, I really appreciate your time coming in. Before we wrap it up, could you uh, tell listeners how they can learn more about you or get in touch with you? Do you have a Do you have a website? Yes, do you do social yes. media? All that good stuff. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I, I let's start with what I don't do well. Uh, I don't Twitter very well. <laughs> I have a, we were attending the uh, uh, empty uh, bowl uh, food drive. My granddaughter's with me, and I was trying to figure out how to Twitter. And someone took a photograph of me looking down and her looking down, trying to show me how to Twitter. I don't Twitter very well. Uh, we do have a Facebook page and uh, we do have a website. It's uh, joebaconforkyle.com, www.joebaconforkyle.com. And then by email, how can, how can they email you if they're they, having they can, any questions? They can uh, info, info at joebaconforkyle.com and it's F O R, you know. Yeah, not the numeric. Not the numeric, Kyle. Yes, please. And and uh, and then on our webpage, there's a, a a contact page. You can 
fill out information. You can an- ask questions. We have we have a staff of thousands ready to answer all those for you. Uh, uh, there's a page uh, there where you can click on it and uh, uh, volunteer. And that information, if you want to volunteer to work in neighborhoods, put out signs, uh, work the phone banks, uh, uh, you can you can volunteer. And we have a person who gets uh, all that information, and they'll coordinate those people's get those people together to help with activity. That's uh, JoeBaconForKyle.com. Great. Jo- again, man, I, I can't say enough. I appreciate you coming and uh, taking the time out of your day. Thanks for thanks for having all three of us here to have some interesting conversation. Absolutely. And remember, folks, the election uh, is May 11th. Early election, you said, was April 29th. 29th. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can find all that. That'll be in the show notes if you're listening to this at www.KyleLife.com forward slash show. Uh, so with all that, Joe, thanks for coming, and we're going to wrap up another episode of the Kyle Life Podcast. If you'd like more information on Joe Bacon or any of the other candidates, you can do so at www.kylelife.com. For Kyle Life and the Pearl Media Network, I'm Joshua Steubing. Thank you for listening. Hey.